I need, I need four uh, young people between the ages of, let's say, seven and 15. I need four young people between the ages of seven and 15. One, two, uh, I'll take the girl three, and this young man four right here, okay? Yep, 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 yep. Did I get, yeah, I got four, I got four. All right, and see, they, all of you, we'll, we'll get others later, but I know some of you really need to know that it, it pays to volunteer. So this is what I want us to do. Come on, Chris. And after you've been taped, you can go back to your seat. I'm gonna call you later. Amen, ready? Joel chapter 2, verse 24. Joel chapter 2, verse 24. To 28. And Acts chapter 2, verse 14. For those of you who are new, we're, this month we're traveling through the Old Testament, or particularly the minor prophets. The Bible is divided up. The Old Testament is divided up into five parts. Uh, the Pentateuch, which is the book of the law, and that is Genesis all the way to Deuteronomy. Then there's the historical part of the Bible, which takes you takes us from Joshua all the way to um, Esther. And then the poetic books uh, take us from Job all the way through Song of Solomon. And then the major prophets, meaning that they're not major meaning in importance, but major in the sense that their their prophecies are long, uh, and that is Jeremiah all the way to uh, uh, Daniel, and then the minor prophets because their books are short, is like an, uh, Daniel, Hosea, all the way to Malachi. So we are covering five books in the minor prophets, from again Hosea all the way through Malachi. Last week we did Hosea, and this week we're doing Joel, and I think, I can't remember what we're doing next week, but uh, we're going all the way to Malachi, but we're only going to cover five books this month, and this is going to be the first of those five books. Joel chapter 2 verse 24 says this, and the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore I will compensate, I will replace, I will make up for, I will repay, I will give back to you years, years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army had eaten, which I sent among you, verse 26, and you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you. 
and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And afterwards, say afterwards. And afterwards, say afterwards. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Tell somebody that means you too. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 all the way to 18. Then Peter stood up with the leaven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you this thing. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my, my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Notice Peter is quoting Joel. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women, both men and women. God is an equal opportunity pourer outer. And the women need to say amen. amen. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I want to talk about the after effects. The after effects. In verse 28. In the NIV, he says, and afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. That's a good word, afterwards. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Get ready for afterwards. Now, some of you first time guests said, why do you keep telling us to turn on your neighbor? Because I don't want you falling asleep on me. This word afterwards was, I, I thought this word afterwards was after and ward. But I discovered the etymology of the word afterwards is after and toward. After, toward. After means later in time, and toward means turn toward. So when he says afterwards, it literally means later in time, turn towards. Are you with me? In other words, Joel says in his prophetic word, at a later time, things will take a turn towards you. That's a good word right there. At a later time, things will turn in your direction. Mm. Things may have not been going well for you, but there's about to be a after toward. If, if somebody needed to hear that word, say amen. amen. Now, I want to explain to you what's going on prior to the after. So that you may not be happy about it, but at least you'll understand what's going on in your life. Ah, turn to somebody and say, God is getting ready to bless you. Tell somebody else, God is getting ready to promote you. 
And all promotion means, literally means to move on. Because some of you felt stuck in a certain place for a long time, and God is saying, I am ready to move for you, but you got to understand what was going on before the afterward. Uh, this is a good word right here. After what? After what? After what? After the stripping away. Woo! Some of you didn't know that you were a stripper. Joel, the Hebrew name Joel is actually Yoel, and, and the Yo uh, stands for, it's two really names for God. The Yo uh, speaks of Yahweh, or the Joe, which is we use, speaks of Jehovah, and El, usually when you see El at the end of a name, it means uh, God. So for example, Michael, you hear me say this many times, Michael means who is like God. Samuel means ask of God. Daniel means uh, God is my judge, a judge of God. And so you have this name, Joel, means Jehovah or Yahweh is God. Or for us in our English language, it's simply the Lord is God. And so no matter what you're going through right now, you must understand that the Lord still is God. Now, because Joel is, is quoted in both Isaiah and also in uh, Amos, uh, scholars believe that Joel was one of the earliest minor prophets. And some believe that he prophesied around 833 uh, BC, 835 BC, which is interesting because the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Joel prophesies the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, 800 years prior to when it happens. He prophesies the fact that the Holy Spirit will be poured on on everybody. Now, you don't have an appreciation for that because we all feel the presence of God. But back in those days, the Holy Spirit only came on certain people. So when you read the scriptures, you'll see many times where it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, or the Spirit of the Lord came upon Moses. So only certain people, the Spirit of God will come upon them. But God is saying through Joel, in the last days, meaning when, when after Jesus does what he does, which is die on the cross, everybody gets access to the Spirit of God. Amen. So you don't have to be special. God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on everybody who wants my Spirit. Amen. Joel's message, though, is really one of judgment. Because what's happening is that there's this plague taking place, and it is and it is just ravaging the country of Israel. And, and so Joel is just really observing this, this, this plague of locusts 
coming through and tearing away everything that the country uh, and, and farmers and, and those who are uh, those who are in uh, agric agriculture, everything is stripped away. So now it's affecting everybody because, of course, even the the sheep have nothing to to eat because the locusts came and stripped away everything. And and Joel says, as bad as this is, you have not seen anything yet because. Though God may be judging us as Israel, there's going to be another judgment late, no, thousands of years later, and God is not just going to judge one country. He's going to judge the whole world, and it's called the terrible, the, 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 the awful, the, the fearful day of the Lord. There's a day coming, folks, where God is going to be collecting some rent. And there's going to be a judgment coming. But judgment is coming now in the sense of in this text. This is something is, is currently happening where locusts have come and just ravaged the land and Stripped everything away. Are you following me so far? And I want to show you two pictures. Hopefully, they got my pictures up there. Uh, my picture. Okay, good, because I didn't see anything. Okay, so as you can see, this is a window, and particularly a window frame. Everybody see that? And so. Um, when I first started pastoring, I, I, my office, because we only had PT North, and we didn't have an administrative building, which is 345 Washington Street, all we had was the church and the parking lot. Are you with me so far? So those of you who are familiar with PT North, my, my office used to be behind the drum set. There's an office behind there, and that's where my office was. So when I started, I left my job at Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Hospital and, and my office was, was my, my office was particularly, the windows were pretty much painted like that. In fact, they didn't even look that nice. Okay. And so what happened is that uh, my brother and sister-in-law, they said, you know what? We're going to gift you and, and redo your office. Are you with me so far? And so my sister-in-law, uh, her name is Michelle, who again, who was like God, which is interesting. And she says, um, I have a vision of, of making that picture frame to look like natural wood. Are you following me? And I was like, there is no way. Our building is 100 years old, 1903. There is no way you can get to look, that to look like natural wood. That must have five layers of paint on it. Okay? And she looked at me and says, watch me. So let's go to the next picture. Now it looks like that. 
And I couldn't believe my old eyes as, you know, her and my brother stripped away layers and layers of paint down to that natural, beautiful wood that was originally there in 1903. And that's how it looks like now. And I don't know about you, but that looks so beautiful, I don't want to go back to what it looked like. And that's a picture of some of you. This is what God wants you to look like. He wants, he wants you to look natural. And the beauty of this is that after you, you know, they stripped it down to the natural wood, then they put a gloss. Oh, my. So that when you see it, it, it has that pop in the fit, like, bam, woo! But usually what happens is that the reason why we paint is because it's the easy thing to do. Mm. And then when the paint gets chipped and messed up, instead of stripping because it's too hot, we just put on another layer. And some of you, you know that God wants to get at deeper issues, but you keep simply putting on layers. Well, maybe if I get another degree, that will make me look presentable. Maybe if I change my wardrobe or change my look or get a new haircut or get a new hairdo. Oh, we do all this outward stuff and all they are are layers. Oh, this is a bad word right here. Uh, maybe if I get married, then I will feel happy, a layer. Oh, this is heavy. I'm just going to look at the cross now. Maybe if I become a parent, that will make me happy. And, all, and some of you are sitting here and you have decades of layers. And the Lord is saying, I am sending the locusts in your life right now. You wonder why you're going through what you're going through? God is saying, because I have sent the locusts to strip away your layers because there's something beautiful that I made of you and the world has yet to see the real you because you got layers. Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. He's talking about you. Mm. I, I want to talk about, and see, I want to talk about four layers. Can I have my four young folks who were bandaged come back up? Now, the good news, they know that it pays in this church to volunteer. So I want you to, now you're the man, so I'm going to let you go first because they were all happy. Let's see if they're still happy. Uh, parents, please don't get mad at me. I'm paying your children. You should have grabbed them before they came up here. <laughs> Notice what the scripture says in Joel chapter 1. We didn't read it, 
But this is the this is this is the thing that struck me. He says, the locusts are going to come and strip the land. And then he says, and whatever the locusts left, the canker worm's going to come and strip. And whatever the canker worm left, the caterpillar's going to come. And then if there's still anything left, the palmer worm is going to come. And so what's happening with some of you right now, and I'm prophesying to you, is that you got hit with one thing, and you're like, okay, God, finally. And then another thing comes, and then another thing comes, and it's like God is stripping, 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 stripping till there's nothing left to strip. Anybody know what I'm talking about? First you get hit with a family problem. Then you get hit with a job problem. Then you get hit with kids problem. Then you get hit with a relationship problem. There's all these things that are hitting you and God is simply stripping you because he wants to get to afterwards. Thank you. Because turn, turn, to, the, turn to the prior, turn to the prior picture. God has an anointing, and for those of you who say, what does the word anointing mean? It, it, it is God empowering you to do the unusual. And it would be, just as it would be foolish for me, Elder Anita, to take gloss, anybody ever painted wouldn't it be foolish for me to take gloss, Brother Paul, and put it over that? It would be foolish. Because when the paint chips, all the gloss does is emphasize the chipping. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. It doesn't matter how beautiful a person is, if you see, you know, Something wrong with the outfit. You focus in on the on the flaw, and so God's like, I can't put my anointing on your layers. So next picture, I got to strip you down to to the real you, and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put my anointing, my gloss on you. And people are going to look at you and say, wow, they're going to be drawn to you. But because of what I've done in you, they won't be drawn to you. They'll be drawn to me. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about quickly four layers that God is stripping us right now. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because, because Peter is the one that God uses but God had to strip him before he used him. And the reason why God has to strip us is because we really... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, we really... We, we take hot stuff. So God get us down. How do you know that, Bishop? Because <laughs> I've been there. So the first thing, one of the first layers that God strips us of... Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, tell somebody, buckle up. 
Now, I'm not saying in this order, but he's going to touch one of these things. The first thing that he'll strip us of is our finances. Tell somebody, say, he's sure enough talking about me. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter 10, verse uh, 28, Peter's like, hey, we've given up everything to follow you. We've given up our finances. We had a good job. And then you called us to do this. And we, we thought you let us. But now I'm not making as much money. What's up with that? I listened to the preacher on TV say, money cometh. And I'm saying, money cometh and nothing's coming. <laughs> and God, come here, is just going to strip you. And sometimes it hurts. Can I get a witness? How many of you ever got a shot and then they put that? medical tape around you, and they're like, okay, I'm going to take this off. How many of you, uh, raise your hand, how many of you are a slow peeler? You know what I mean? Like, like you, 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 you just do it really slowly, like, ooh, ah, ee, ee, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Man, you, you didn't even flinch. Come on with your bad self. And then, how many of you are a fast stripper? You just want, you just want to get them like, like the doctor says, okay, count to three. One. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is that God, here you go, sir. That's for you. He strips us of our faith. He puts us in a place where we really have to believe, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my need. Am I talking to somebody right now? Another thing that he'll strip us of, you ready? He's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Another thing he'll strip us of, ooh, is our face. It's all begin with F. Finances and face. What do you mean? I'm talking about our pride. We have the term, I want to save face. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. Many of us don't realize that we really think we're hot stuff. Well, 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 I'm, uh, no, I, I'm humble. Oh, come on, folks. Have, how many of you have ever found yourself arguing about the most foolish thing? Can I get a witness? Because you have to be right. I was in the barbershop. And you know what? I, 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 I said, I mean, we're just, you know, barbershops. You're just having a good time. You, you can sit down here for a moment. Okay. Sit, sit down. I'll, I'll call you back later. And, you know, I'm the, I'm the reverend, I'm the bishop, they call me Rev, and I'm, I'm just trying to be one of the boys, so I just, I said, hey, you know, you know, the Warriors, they won the championship, and I was like, but, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if Kevin Durant should have left, and, but no, that whole thing. Well, one of the Barbers was a Warrior fan. The other barber was a cab fan. And I'm getting my hair cut. 
And all of us say, yeah, man, but do 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 Well, you know, and, and, well, you know, he's just a punk. And, and I, no, now I started this conversation. <laughs> and and voices and voices again are raising. Like, and blank this and blank this. And I'm saying, watch those clippers, please. <laughs> Have my head looking like bozo. Like, like, like please. But, but I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, this is argument. These guys could possibly come to blows over a game. You know why it's so quiet over here? Because some of you have gotten into the most crazy argument. It should have been blue. No, it should have been red. It should have been blue. I want spaghetti, I want rice, I want spaghetti, I want rice. <laughs> We're going for hamburgers, no seafood, hamburgers, seafood. <laughs> We're going to the cake, no, we're going for rice. We're going to cake rice. Mmm. Well, you know, especially the marriage couples, they're just looking straight like Jesus. <laughs> because of our pride. So God puts us in a place where he strips us of the thing we have confidence in. He strips us. Are you ready to get stripped? Oh, she's and, and it hurts because we can hear, we can hear some of our skin coming off because that, oh my God, we so identified ourselves with that job, with that status. And God is just picking at it and tearing it off. And you see her smiling, turn your name and say, neighbor, I'm not smiling like her. Strips you of your, strips you of your little girlfriend, because she used to be, I mean, she was, she was, she was eye candy. <laughs> Brothers be like, you got her? Yeah, man, <laughs> I got her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then next thing, what happens is that. Brothers can't find you because girlfriend dumped you for somebody else. Ooh, I was just getting too close. People are like, I'll see you outside, preacher. <laughs> well, God strips us. Our car was our status. Yeah. And all of a sudden, kablam! And you went from Mercedes because of the totaling, you went from Mercedes to uh, a Yugo. Yeah, that's right. What's a Yugo? Exactly. What's a Yugo? That's exactly my point. Yep, so when you stopped at red lights, you're like, yeah, yeah. Had the windows down. Yeah, you see me, you see me. Now, 
you got a Yugo, and you're like, people are like, yo, what's up? Your car works, and now I'm taking the bus, man. <laughs> stripped of your pride. Peter was stripped of his pride. Jesus, don't wash my feet. And Jesus like, yo, just, just sit yourself down and humble yourself. John 13, I'd wash my, I'll wash your feet. Does anybody feel like they're being stripped in this season? Anybody feel? And then, he gets your finances, he strips you of your face, your pride. The next thing he may strip you of is your force. Your force. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Not by might, nor by your power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. The Dimesh's Bible says it's not by force. Some of you are very smart, very witty. And just as long as I'm taking to get this off, that's what God is doing with some of you. He keeps picking at it. And he pulls it off. Boy, these guys, I need to get some kids who will cry. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. And sometimes God will strip you of the thing that you thought you were good at. He will, the thing that you said, this is the thing, if I don't know how to do anything else, this is the thing that I'm good at, and God somehow manages to strip it away. This is the thing that I got 18 degrees on, and then you get not laid off, but fired. This is the thing that everybody knows me for. And when you do it, the project comes out a mess and people consider you incompetent. There are some of you right now, your whole identity is in your job. Oh, it's quiet in here. God is... And God has to get to the thing you feel strongest in. Peter said to Jesus, I'll never, all these jokers may leave you, but I'll never deny you. As a matter of fact, I just cut off a guy's ear to let you know. I'm the man and, and God stripped him of his might where the point that he couldn't even defend Jesus in front of a little girl. What is God stripping you for? He'll strip Again, your finances, your face, your pride, your force, the thing that you're strong within. And then finally, you ready? He'll start to strip you of your fears. He'll stop putting you in situations where you have to face your fear. Amen. 
he will put you in situations where you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. And he says, yes, you can. As long as my spirit is with you. And the way he strips us of our fear is that he fills us with his spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they said, God, we're afraid, but give us boldness. And the Bible says they gave them the Holy Spirit. Uh, afterwards, after the stripping comes three things. Are you still with me? Not after, afters can be a tough thing. After God strips you, sometimes there is what I call the aftertaste. Have you ever, have you ever tasted something and it, and it tasted good, but then it had an aftertaste and you're like, I'll never try that again. Any Bajans here? Any Bajans here? Western me. I, I, I remember uh, I introduced an American to a Bajan drink called Mobby. Mobby. Anybody know what Mobby is? Well, okay, okay, okay. Mobby. And, 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 you know, especially this kind of weather, can I get an amen? amen? Nothing like a cool drink of Mobby. Oh, ble oh, bless the Lord. I feel it right now. Maybe make someone get home. Well, I gave this, I remember this American saw the mobby and thought it was apple juice. And the thing about mobby is that it's, if you, it's an acquired taste. They just like, yeah, it is, it is. And so you you may drink it and you're like, mm, then all of a sudden you're like, because mobbies are made from, watch this, mobby bitters. There's reason it it tastes good, but there's also a bitter flavor. And what you're going through right now, some of you are coming out rather bitter. Because of the aftertaste. You told me to move to the East Coast. These people are mean. Aftertaste. You were happy about coming to America. Woo, look what the garden. Now you're here like this place is me. Aftertaste. Another bad thing about after is they're called the after effects. Those commercials, you ever watch those medical commercials where it says, <laughs> if you take this, this will solve your problem. Then this guy with a low voice, no, this calls sideways blindness. If you're bleeding for four hours, for four hours, and you're saying to yourself, Oh, well. <laughs> and 
in the crowd. I mean, I, I, no, I do the same thing. I'm like, I'll listen to that. Whole, I mean, there's like a paragraph. Of, don't take this. It's called bleeding. called high blood pressure. You know, called this. You know, some people have died from this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> After God strips you, there could be some painful after effects. But also, there's one good thing, and there's the after party. Yes. Yes. Woo! See, anybody knows there's the party, mm -hmm. and then there's the after party. Can I get a witness? Uh, see, some of you are like, I'm going to put my hand up. Yes, sir. Okay. How many of y'all went to the prom? You went to your prom. Raise your hand. Went to your prom. Okay. And then how many of you went to the after prom? See, she's like, hey, shut up. I got <laughs> wow. wow. Must have been pretty memorable. <laughs> she's like, oh, shut up. I got yes. <laughs> and I want to encourage you after the stripping, after the aftertaste, after the after effects, comes the after party. Where God is going to bless you so much that people are going to go, ooh. Child, you look good. Where you been? You said, I've been stripped. I've been stripped of my pride. I've been stripped of identifying with my finances. I've been stripped of identifying with my fear. I've been stripped of all the stuff that held me down. And I'm free. I don't have to hide anymore. I can be transparent. I can be free. And, 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 and like Paul says in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I am who I am by the grace of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, this is the final point because I, and let's get ready for this. This is the final point. I was stunned when he, when, when, when he prophesies and he says, mm. Turn to somebody next to you and say, this is going to be good for you. This is going to be good for you. No, really, this is going to be good for you. What caught my attention is he said, I will restore years that the stripping has taken away from you. Oh, I want to run around the church because when I looked up the word restore, it is the Hebrew word Shalom. Yes, shalom is the same as shalom. And I was like, God, well, what's the difference? Shalom is the noun. Shalom is the verb. So God says, I am going to do something that will bring you into shalom. So this word restore, you see it up here. Are you still with me? You know, to be safe, I'll make you safe in your mind and your body and stay uh, to be complete. You see it all. But these are the things that I pulled out. He says, I will restore the years. I will shalom the years. Are you with me? I will, I will I will make a friend of the years that were taken from you. What do you mean? 
I know you feel like you lost time, but I'm going to make the time you lost your friend. I know, Joseph, you felt like you wasted 14 years in Potiphar's house and, and 14, 14 years, I believe, yeah, 14 years and uh, 13 years and, and, um, and, and, and in the prison, but I'm going to move so fast that you're going to go from the prison to the palace so fast that you won't even be dressed for the occasion, but I will turn it around so fast that you will bless your haters. And you will say to your haters, I know you thought you put me in the pit. I know you thought you put me in part of his house. I know you thought you put me in the prison, but now I am so blessed, I realize you didn't put me here. God put me here. And, and, and the time I thought I wasted, that time has become my friend. I'm glad that I went through what I went through. It was good for me that I had been afflicted because I learned something about God that I never would have learned without the stripping away. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I like the other one where it says, it says, um, I, will, I will make an end. I will make an end to the years that the canker worm has eaten. In other words, I am going to put an end to this. In other words, you've been going through for a long time, but I'm going to restore. I'm going to put an end to the years of your going through and once I put an end to that, you will have shalom. I am bringing you shalom to bring you to shalom. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. Some of you are in the midnight hour, but a new day is arising. So arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord. I said the glory of the Lord. Stop acting like you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. God is going to send somebody to bring you out. And when he brings you out, you ought to praise him. Because it's coming to an end. I said it's coming to an end. I said it. I am prophesying to somebody. Your night season is coming to an end. Somebody say yes. I know it's been one year. I know it's been five years. I know it's been 10 years. But hang on in there. He will bring you out. And turn your name and say neighbor. When he brings me out. I'm not leaving empty hand. You don't realize, you don't realize that while you're going through all those years, you're collecting interest. 
The, re ah, the reason why he's keeping you in there so long is because when you come out, you're going to have more than enough to bless those around you and to bless yourself. Your experience is not just for you. It's to bless somebody else. Because if it was just for you, you'd be out right now. I'm going to put an end to it. I'm going to make time your friend. You're going to look back on those years and say, God, I thank you for not bringing me out when I wanted you to bring, out. I, bring me out. I thank you that when I was crying, you said, nope, not yet. But God, do you love me? No, not yet. Because when I bring you out. Final point. It is the word shalom. It means to make restitution. There are some folks who have been messing with your life. And God says, I am going to bring restitution for the years that folks were messing with you. Mm. Hallelujah. Uh, what you don't realize, if I can borrow you, Chris, is that people who are messing with you, all that if you would, mm, if you would yield to the Lord, all they're doing is pushing you into the purpose of God. You just don't know it yet. You just don't know it yet. And all of a sudden. By the time you get in the place where God's blessing, you will look back on your enemy and say, I bless you. Thank you for messing with my life. Thank you. If you didn't mess with me, I wouldn't have a prayer life like I have right now. If you didn't mess with me, I wouldn't fast like I'm fasting right now. If you didn't mess with me, I wouldn't be a worshiper like I worship right now. Ah, if you didn't mess with me, I wouldn't memorize scripture like I memorize it like Thank you, my enemy. God bless you. Bless your enemy. Because if you have the right spirit, they're pushing you into destiny. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I know everybody here is being stripped in some manner. You're being stripped in some manner. It's because God wants to put you in a place where He will get the glory, He will get the credit and no one else will. Uh, uh, bless your enemies. Bless your enemies. The devil wants you to be bitter. Bless your enemies because they're pushing you into what God has for you. If you will humble yourself. If you will humble yourself. 
stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. The devil knew that pushing Jesus to the cross would set us all free, he'd have left them alone. Could you do God this favor? Let, let, me, let me pause right there, and that's why the shalem of God, the restoring of God, the whole purpose is to bring us to the shalom of God. And that's why at the end of every service, I bless you with Numbers chapter 6, verse 26, when I say, and may God give you his shalom, his peace. This is what shalom means. His harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. But he can't do this for you if you don't allow him to restore the years. Yes. Hallelujah. And I know this may be difficult for some of you, but for I'll, in fact, I'll time it. For 30 seconds, I want you to I want you to thank God for his stripping. Some of us are like the baby whose diaper is, is full of mess. And God's like, I wanna, I wanna strip you of that stuff and we're fighting him. And God's like, don't you realize you stink? Don't you realize, and we're fighting it like babies. And God is saying, just let me strip you of your mess. And so by faith, just to say, God, I trust you. I want you to start thanking God. Just for 30 seconds. I want, I want you to thank him. Thank you that I'm still alive. Thank you that I, I still have my health. Yeah, I didn't like the doctor's report, but I, I'm, I still have my help. I'm still, I still can see. I still can listen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord. I don't have the job that I want, but I thank you that I have a job. Lord, I've been looking for a job for a while, and I don't have any job, but I thank you that I still have food on my table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head, Lord. Lord, I, 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 I apologize for allowing the aftertaste of bitterness to last this long. Uh -huh. I, I apologize for the after effects of anger and anxiety and frustration. I, I've allowed the after effects to last too long. It was only supposed to last a little while, but I prolonged it because I was angry. So, Lord, I, I give you, like the psalmist said, I give you a sacrifice of thanksgiving. That means I don't feel like thanking you, but I'm going to thank you anyways. 
I will, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will thank you. I will thank you. It doesn't feel good being in this prison. But now I understand. Now I know what Paul is saying. He said, and we know all things work together for good. The Jerusalem Bible says all things are conspired. You are conspiring to bless me. If I would just hold my peace and let you fight my battle, the victory shall be mine and you will get the glory because I've stood still and watched the hand of the Lord deliver me. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Now I understand, I thank you that the very thing you're stripping away from me is because you want to put your gloss, <laughs> you want to put your anointing. You actually don't want to change me, you want to get to the real me. Because I put all these layers on me to hide my faults and to hide things that I don't want people to see.